0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Goldie on Ice podcast. I am Steve Goldstein, play-by-play television announcer for the Florida Panthers. We talk everything Panthers and NHL here on the podcast. The podcast would not be possible without our sponsors, so we do want to thank them and advise you as you listen to this podcast to not only spread the word, download, subscribe to your friends, uh, but also take a few moments to listen to our sponsors' message. Ken Morris and the Morris Southeast Real Estate Group, Orion of o a Job Site Solutions, the Sides Foundation, Dave Lister runs it, and it's the fight against pediatric cancer, and BNT Windows. They do a great job with impact windows, so get in touch with Tom and the guys at BNT Windows. Well, there's two months to go in the regular season, and the Florida Panthers now sit, at least as of today, it could go back and forth with Tampa Bay and even Toronto. They sit in first place in the Atlantic Division with uh, one of the most complete games I've probably seen this team maybe ever play. You can't get more dominant than they got uh, in that win over the Ottawa Senators. Uh, you know, 4-1, to one, basically, and shot attempts from the beginning of the game on and shots on goal, which don't always tell the story, but they did in this one. And uh, the Panthers never took their foot off the gas pedal. It was really something to see. The only one thing that perhaps they could pick at is allowing shorthanded chances. The Ottawa Senators, um, you know, 25% of their shots came on shorthanded chances, a few shorthanded breakaways, and Sergei Bobrovsky, after a couple of tough games, was huge uh, early in that game when it was scoreless, stopping the shorthanded breakaways, and then the rebound shots as well. Didn't face very many shots, but that was a big win for Bobrovsky after a couple of games where he gave up goals against Nashville and Edmonton. Um, I thought that really... You know, led to the losses in those games. I thought the Panthers played well enough uh, to win both of those games. And especially the Edmonton game. They didn't quite do to Edmonton what they did to Ottawa, but it was pretty close. So, uh, you know, Frank Vitrano getting back in the lineup, I think, has given some, some real jump. It's also allowed them to move Mason Marchman back up with Alexander Barkoff. And, you know, Marchman has been an unbelievable revelation. In the game against the Senators, he gets a goal and an assist, averaging a point a game this season, and those were his first NHL power play points. He had never had a power play point before because he had never played on the power play before. And I think real interesting, the Panthers putting Marchman and Hornquist together on the same power play unit, two guys that, as we know, will be all over the goalie, all over the blue paint, and uh, they ended up scoring the goals. I mean, that's the bottom line, you know. the you know, Hornquist gets the goal early in the third. That really, you know, I thought it put the game away. Some games at 2 nothing, it's kind of meaningless. Some games you get up 2 nothing and you feel like the game is over. And that was the case last night. So Marchman and Hornquist both played, played great games. And uh, it was good to see this team, after a rare losing streak, they lost three in a row in regulation for only the second time all year, uh, you know, had a few days off, had a few days of practice, and really came out and, you know, showed the type of team that they are. And then when Ottawa tried to get physical in the third, they were frustrated. Not only did the Panthers stand up to it, but from the entire team, they seemed to relish it and enjoy it. I mean, the high fives when Gudis went into the tunnel and the same thing when uh, Lomberg went into the tunnel after his fight, uh, the bench was fired up. And on Valley Sports and the TV broadcast. We had Aaron Ekblad wearing the microphone last night. It was great as far as hockey insight, But he was, I think he was more fired up at the Lomberg fight than he was at any of the goals. Uh, and by the way, Aaron Ekblad loves Ryan Lomberg. Uh, I know that for a fact. He's told me that. I've asked him about him. He goes, one of the best guys you ever want to meet. he take the shirt off your back for you. So it's just amazing to see the togetherness this team has. And when they have hit some bumps in the road this year, uh, they have come back and just dominated and ripped off big streaks. So we'll see if that's another one. Certainly, uh, there are no easy games in the league. You know, Ottawa had recently beaten Carolina and Minnesota and Washington with Anton Forsberg and Goal, who, by the way, played great. Uh, he and Koskinen came in here back to back and both, you know, Koskinen for Edmonton played great games against the Panthers. But, you know, the good thing was, even when they weren't scoring, Uh, The Panthers never got frustrated, never changed the way they played, didn't start cheating. I thought Huberto, even though the 10-game point streak ended, was phenomenal last night. Uh, So hard on pucks in his own zone, and Barkoff was his usual flat-out dominant self. So, you know, no easy games. They'll, you know, get Detroit. Detroit comes off a win. Uh, They beat Carolina, their last game, coming from behind in the third. Uh, They'll go to Buffalo, which just pounded. Toronto 5-1. So... You know, it's interesting to me because, you know, two years ago, the Panthers were a good team. And at the time COVID hit and the season was paused uh, and, in effect, ended as far as the regular season, they were three points out of a playoff spot. They were starting to play well. If you remember the last game before COVID, was a win in St. Louis, the defending Stanley Cup champs. I think it was a 2-1 game. um, And they had played like a hard-nosed game. But it was really last year, the start of last season, that this team... As currently put together hit its stride. Um, and obviously there were, you know, new players from year one. I mean, Verhage came in, Duclair came in, and Lomberg and Gudis, and it, it changed the personality in a big way. Um, so I think you're really looking at the start of last season, which, you know, incredibly is only it's only been 14 months that this group has been together. And it's gonna be interesting to me because last season was ending at this time. You know, the Panthers you know, have, what, 28 games left. They played 54 games last season was, you know, was only 58. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how this team comes down the stretch because this group, as currently put together, has never been through this before. And I think it's a late-level playing field because, obviously, no team in the league has been through this, you know, in a couple of years um, as far as finishing an 82-game season. Uh so you know, I think I think there's a little bit of a learning curve as a group, and I thought last week was one of those that hey, we're 23 and three at home. You know, we score a ton of goals, we always come back. So you know, we give a few up, no big deal, we're fine. And I just thought it came back to bite them a little bit, especially in the Nashville game and the uh, and the Edmonton game, where you know they had leads. It looked like midway through both games, they may blow it wide open like they usually do. And I think it's the best thing for this team because in the playoffs, chances of you scoring, you know, five or six um, in four of the seven games. You know, remember in the playoffs, you don't need to win. You don't have to go on a big winning streak. You just need to win four out of seven. Chances of doing that four times in the playoffs in what we're looking at in the Eastern Conference where the eight teams, to me, or I've said this for months, are totally set. I guess, you know, some people are trying to drum up some interest and in, you know, a race at the bottom. Uh, In the media So they talk about Hey, Columbus, Detroit Look, I don't think The Washington Capitals Are blowing their playoff spot Uh, All things being equal Of course Injuries notwithstanding So When you look at Who they're going to have to play In the first round And it certainly looks like The only teams The Panthers will not Have to play For sure Are Carolina Pittsburgh And likely the Rangers Any of the other teams Are distinct possibilities As far as Boston Washington Toronto Tampa Uh, Any of them are possibilities. So, you know, the chances of doing that against those teams, number one, a lot of those teams have experience, Stanley Cup experience, um, Stanley Cup final veteran coaches who have either been there or won it. um, You know, and just experienced teams that know how to play in the playoffs, save for Toronto. Toronto is the one series, I will say, that the Panthers, you know, could get five or six four times and win a series. Uh, But obviously, it's not a formula you really want to have. So to win games like they did against Ottawa and realizing games like Edmonton and Nashville and even Columbus where Johansson obviously, you know, struggled a bit. But the Panthers got outworked in that game. Um, You know, to play these games, I think, is invaluable. I think it's necessary. I think, you know, down the stretch here, you know, as a fan of the Panthers, you want to see them again with this group really for the first time being through this together, full season, you want to see them face some adversity and have to play playoff-style hockey. And when they've had to, and you remember the Vegas game at home when they came off that long road trip, I thought that game was very similar to this Ottawa game. And Vegas is obviously an excellent team. Uh, they won that one 4-1. to one. They have shown that when they need to, they can play that playoff-grinding style. So uh, to me, it's encouraging to see them do it. Uh, I think things at home... Uh, And and I think they've talked about this at times. Have been so easy that it's just human nature that you figure out we can go for it if we give up a two-on-one. You know, and even if they get a goal, okay, no big deal, because that's been the case. Uh, Very intriguing to me as well, what's going to happen before this trade deadline. Let's start in goal where Spencer Knight was unbelievable this week. Before Bobrovsky got his shutout against Ottawa, Knight had a 44-save shutout for Charlotte. So that was encouraging to see. Um, Are the Panthers confident in the three they have in goal? You know, Knight, of course, would be back up. Johansson, you would assume, would be the third goalie. And that's how the Panthers roll into the playoffs, with obviously Sergei Bobrovsky as the starter. Or do they think they need something else? And do they go out and maybe pick up a veteran goaltender to bring in uh, just as an insurance policy? On defense, I've said this all season, um, I think that's the spot where the Panthers certainly will go out and get somebody to fill that, you know, that void. Um, they've rotated it all year long. They've given everybody an opportunity, even from early in the year when Marcus Nudevara got his one game before he got hurt. Uh, Chase Prisky, Matt Kierstad, Lucas Carlson, Ole Levy, now Pateri Lindbaum will come in. They signed him out of Finland. Uh, veteran guy, stay at home, big, strong defenseman, uh, has some, some bite to his game, which... We like, especially in the playoffs, so is he just a depth guy or is he a guy they think can be the sixth? And will they give him some games before the trade deadline to try to figure that out? And then you have the real intrigue up front where you wonder, do the Panthers go out and add a forward? My gut feeling is no, but if something was to fall in their lap and, you know, look, this is a legitimate Stanley Cup contending team and you have no idea if and when you're ever going to get back to the spot they're in, uh, you would presume next year, still with, you know, some contracts that work for the team with Huberto and Weger being in their final years of their current deals before they go unrestricted and likely, hopefully both can stay. But of course, at raises, um, you know, the money will start to become a factor. You know, remember, this is the last year Carter Verhage is a bargain. Next year, he's still a very solid at the extension at $4 million a year, but that's money that goes up. and Barkoff's money goes up. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what Bill Zito decides they need. You know, Marchman looks pretty good with Verhage and um, and and Barkoff right now. Are you confident throughout the playoffs that that's going to be your top line? Um, it, it certainly complements itself well. And look, there's been a lot of talk about Claude Giroux of the Flyers. Uh, they're likely going to move him. I mean, you talk about a guy that would fit on this team number one on the power play shoots the puck number two in the face-off circle and number three you can play him anywhere I mean you know you have him on that wing perhaps at times with Barkov. perhaps at times with with Bennett um, you can even put him with Anton Lundell and stack a third line with Lundell Reinhardt and uh, you know and Giroud time. I mean, just the possibilities are endless um, is it a position of need no when you're the highest scoring team in the NHL um, and you have some superstars already and a lot of guys averaging about a point a game and having the best years of their careers. No, you don't need another forward, but boy, would he be a, or someone like him would be deadly to add to this great group of offensive players they already have. So, uh, the next couple weeks will be interesting leading up to the trade deadline. All right. Listen, we appreciate you always listening to the Golden Ice podcast. Thanks for all the support. Hope all your fans are having a great time this year. It has been a blast. We've been waiting a long time for a season like this, and you're getting it. And uh, the playoffs are just around the corner. And by the way, i got to say, great job by all the fans because FLA Live Arena is jumping like it really never has. Um, people are having fun at the games. Uh, you're showing up in great numbers. And I know the players, they often mention it. I can tell you this. They love the support, and they love the atmosphere, um, and they say it after every game. So... Um, you know, you being there and you being loud and having fun, uh, really does matter literally, um, not only enjoying, especially after COVID, but to the players and, uh, keep some rolling during those games. So always appreciate you listening. Please spread the word, subscribe, download wherever you get your podcast. Uh, please leave us reviews, uh, good or bad. We appreciate that. And also please take a moment to listen to a message from our sponsors. Uh, Great people uh, do some great work in South Florida, um, both nonprofit and for-profit, and uh, without them, the podcast would not be possible. We'll talk to you soon. Time to tell you about Ken Morris and Morris Southeast Group. We appreciate Ken being a supporter of the podcast right from the beginning. Now, for all you folks out there, if you own commercial real estate, if you're looking to lease or purchase, call Ken. He represents buyers, sellers, landlords, and tenants. 954-240-4400, that's 954-240-4400 for Ken Morris. He's a class guy, a straight shooter, qualified and knowledgeable. He's the type of guy you want to do business with. And he's a South Florida guy with a great reputation. Again, it's Ken Morris and his group, which does an outstanding real estate job. 954-240-4400. Time to take a moment now to tell you about something very important the fight against pediatric cancer. And we're doing that through SIDES, the SIDES Foundation. Sydney Lister, at age 15, battled Ewing's sarcoma, and she beat it, and she's doing great today. Out of that struggle came SIDES, a foundation formed to fight pediatric cancer, to help fund children's cancer research and help South Florida families with kids fighting the disease. Dave Lister is Sid's dad. He's in charge of SIDES and does so much for those families. So, I encourage you to help out. Check out SIDES on Facebook, their Facebook page, S-I-D-E-S. Uh, everything is on there, or you can also call this important number, 954-594-5763. That's 954-594-5763. Help us, help Dave Lister, and help everybody fight pediatric cancer and help out families that need it through the SIDES Foundation. Orient and Associates Management Group is a prime subcontractor out of Hollywood, Florida. So all of you prime contractors out there, he provides any construction services needed. Call Orient and O&A today at 954 922 8660 online at onamanagementgroup.com. They also handle hauling if you have demolition waste, non-hazardous material. They handle your trucking needs. More than 25 years of experience, you can trust their professionalism. Again, it's 954-992-8660 for Orion and o Management.